hey, if you don't want to listen to Alves and I, uh, you know, just kind of blabber, should be able to jump ahead to about an hour and two minutes into this presentation of WT Fada. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the number of episodes I forgot. Hang on. Uh, it is the 108th. Is that right? 108th episode? That's right. Nine or ten. Yeah. Eight? I fucking did it. Yeah. Nice. The magic of having your cell phone right next to you. It's your brain <laughs> expansion pack. If you don't know a fact, you can just pull that out, look it up. You what seem you like a mean? genius. Yeah. The fact that we have the internet at our disposal and that we have let it just become a place for memes and scantily clad ladies and like the fact that like that's where what it's become and it's not like we have all become physicists because that information is out there we could all be physicists right now and we could be colonizing mars and going into other solar systems and you know solving problems <laughs> instead yep. Just memes and uh, memes and OnlyFans. That's like the only. It, it tells you it tells you a lot about the progress we've made as a uh, human civilization. You know, it's not much. It's not much. <laughs> yeah, we're just about to start going backwards, actually. But uh, we'll see. I I would not be surprised. <laughs> I believe it one hundred percent. Just in terms of like even movies. For instance, like you watch movies and it's like, this has just become massive <laughs> spectacle and the stories are just falling apart. And uh, I don't know why we're, I don't know why we're even doing this anymore. Like we should stop. Everyone should stop making movies. We need a break. We need a break. Like give us like, I think COVID was the break we were supposed to have. It was like just <laughs> a chance for us to be like, all right, like we got to reassess how we're doing movies. Yeah. I'm not taking it. We're just forcing it. Uh, yeah crazy. yeah we're figuring it out but, yeah I don't know if it's going to uh, catch up before I don't know we've worn out our welcome on the planet you know <laughs> I'm, I'm curious about like you know we just had the anniversary of 9-11 and there's been like oh, 9-11 I totally forgot <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> oh yeah, that old chestnut. A bad taste, a bad taste How could joke. I you know? A beautiful oh, bad taste joke. Come on. Exactly the type of shit I adore. Um, so. Oh, God. <laughs> so, we just had that, but I remember like, it was only a couple years after 9/11 that they were like United 93 directed by Paul Greengrass. It was like, all right, like we didn't let that settle very, like that was like we poured the wine directly into our mouths, you know? And like, I kind of am like wondering about when the COVID-19 pandemic movies are gonna start happening, but I feel like it has to have an ending first. We, yeah. we like, feel like the actual yeah. history of COVID-19 has to end before those movies can happen. But yeah, exactly. I'm excited to hear the one about like uh, like a Vice-like movie about Fauci. I feel like that could be amazing, <laughs> like amazing. 
you got the guy that yeah. is like like i don't know what is he like 50 percent in charge of the facility that leaks the fucking virus and then he becomes the guy that tells you how to handle the virus and he's like you don't need masks don't need masks and then he's like all the doctors and nurses get the masks now right <laughs> yeah. and he's like so he misled the public so that they had masks to treat the public that would get sick from not wearing masks tell the public to wear fucking masks at the beginning of it and you wouldn't have hospitals overstaffed like this fauci movie is gonna slap it's gonna be the best fucking thing it's gonna win every oscar known to man he's going up against trump and like all of trump's like cartoonish silliness like this is oscar bait if i've ever ever heard it fucking amazing and like the amount of weight that Steve Carell is going to lose to play Fauci. <laughs> yeah. you know I mean? It's just amazing. It's going to be an amazing film. I can't wait to see it. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, I I hope we get to see the other side of this so we can start seeing <laughs> Hollywood productions of, like, yeah. you know, romanticizations of the yeah. pandemic. But, uh, the 70-year-old actor that's going to play Fauci in that movie has yet to be born. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a while. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's going to be some, it's going to be the next fucking, like, Harry Potter franchise. There's just going to be, like, nine movies, and they're going to be like, next one is going to be the end, we promise. And <laughs> it's going to just keep going, and we're going to be like, oh, actually, we're going to need one more book after this one. And then it'll be the end, and it's just going to be epilogue after epilogue of just yeah. like, and then one million less people were on the planet until yeah. there yeah. were one million less people on the planet. And then until they're all gone. They'll finish up that saga, and then it'll be like, there'll be another saga, like <laughs> after that. There's going to be like another, like COVID 20, you know? <laughs> just when you thought it was safe to go back in public, you know? Yeah. <laughs> exactly i mean yeah dude we are headed there but <laughs> anyway uh it's a particular it's kind of madness that has gripped society in general at this point that it's like it's infectious and delicious yeah. it's both of yeah. those things <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. well speaking of poor taste 911 jokes uh norm mcdonald passed away <laughs> yeah yeah fuck yeah, uh, Norm Macdonald is, honest to God, one of the funniest, strangest, off-kilter, dangerous, warm, and loving people that has ever graced society in general, and that that he's gone really hurts. I'm not going to lie. This one in the past. So from when we did the drunk commentary, uh, we lost him and Michael K. Williams. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Norm from battling cancer for nine years, and he didn't tell anybody about it. And I heard this included friends and family. Like, his fucking family didn't know that he was battling cancer for nine years, which is insane. I mean, I can also, just seeing it being Norm MacDonald, I can <laughs> see him being, like, 
on his deathbed or something, just being like, "Oh, by the way, I have cancer." <laughs> and then, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, you oh, know what? I forgot to tell yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I'm dying of cancer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean right now. Yeah. <laughs> just fucking like. <laughs> I can see that being how he tells everybody, and then often <laughs> moments later, and his friends and family are just like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" No, no, I'm not joking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Actually, that I'm might gonna... be the only thing about his death that like has made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's, that's my speculation on on why he might not have told anybody just to get one last like rib at just any person that he could, you know. And well, every I mean, good, you know. I mean, I hope so. You know, I mean, I. Yeah, me too. <laughs> you know, he's. Uh, it, it's it's funny because I feel like you and I talk about, like, we'll talk about celebrities in passing based on what's being done. But there were like two people recently that we talked about like in depth that both of them passed. You know, like. Yeah, I feel like we've had just conversations about how brilliant Norm Macdonald is, and I feel like we had conversations about how brilliant Michael K. Williams is, and I'm like, <clears throat> death comes in threes, is what they always say, and I'm like, this is a rare like this, this is already shaking out to be probably one of the like harder ones, like have <clears throat> brilliant actor and a brilliant comedian, and then it's like, who's next? You know, and I'm like, director, uh, comic book legend. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. You know, it's just, uh, I don't know, it's been, a, it's been a fucking depressing week, you know? Depressing On week. top of the already relatively depressing two years. <laughs> yeah, it's been fucking, it's, it's not getting easier, man. It's not getting easier. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I understand why people are, you know, like <clears throat> crimes going up and just overall violence is going up and people are getting more and more deranged. And it's like, I feel it. I feel that. Like, I understand. I mean, people are getting pushed out of their homes. People like, you know, <laughs> there's just such a wholesale lack of like empathy from like the top down that like, violence and crime and all this stuff are like direct byproducts of that negligence and that desperation that people are put in you know and our inability to like really focus in on destigmatizing you know mental health issues and like all of us collectively trying to make each other's lives a little bit easier and it just the will isn't there um yeah. i don't know it, it seems like this is sort of like the punishment that happens when you're negligent to your people you know this is sort yeah. of the net result you know <clears throat> yeah yeah and you know losing losing somebody with such a keen and like searing eye to a lot of this craziness only you know amplifies that uh yeah that loss you know further 
I wish yeah, Michael I feel- Williams got picked for Black Manta so more people could really have gotten <clears throat> like I mean I guess a lot of people know The Wire and he's like an actor that has existed at least like parallel to the mainstream for long enough that he has like a following <coughs> yeah but yeah like him as, as Black Manta would have been the like breakthrough thing you know and it could have just like <clears throat> made it like a bozeman chadwick bozeman lost you know yeah yeah and i mean i don't like i think uh i, I is it yaya yaya abdul mateen yeah um, yeah yeah <clears throat> so i don't dislike his performance at all but <clears throat> it's um something where Michael K. Williams is like ready-made, you know? He has that that scar that I, he actually got in like a fight. Um, it wasn't like an accident or anything. Some dude slashed him with a razor and that's where that came from. And it's like, Jesus. Um, <clears throat> and like the fact that he said, like that's one thing that I believe. You have a talented actor that says that they want to do something. I'm not going to really screen test anybody else. I'm like, all right, like you want it? Like, here it is, yours. Like, that's a blessing. You know, you shouldn't like turn away from that. So Michael K. Williams being like, I want to be Black Manta. It's like, I don't give a fuck about who else wants to try out. It's going to be his part, you know? Um, <clears throat> you know, he's an interesting guy. He's a dude that kind of, Unfortunately, like we find out that it's a heroin overdose, um, which brings up the whole argument again about legalizing everything. Um, Destigmatization of like drugs and addiction and mental health and all this stuff. It's all fucking tied together. Wait, he died of a heroin overdose? Heroin, yeah. Yeah. Motherfucker, I didn't know that. Yeah. We have like this massive opioid crisis that is reaching the echelon of somebody who's like famous you know and presumably well off you know and like you hear about his history with drugs and like he said that he blew all of his money from the wire on drugs you know what i mean so it's like this is somebody that was sick i didn't know this at all i didn't know that he did heroin at all and that's what the story is and i'm like you know, it's like, there's clearly a problem. There's clearly a problem that's not like, this dude, this dude isn't like trying to escape his life, I wouldn't think. I think that he would have things relatively locked in where he's like an in-demand character actor, you know, he's making good money, all of that stuff. It's like, this is somebody that has like an addiction that's separate of, sort of like escapism you know what i mean like <clears throat> you would think at a certain point you'd have all that money that you could do anything and this guy chose drugs you know and like that to me is like that's proof positive that there's more going on with addiction um and, you or know if state, you have the state of our yeah. culture and just like the state of our relationship with addiction and stuff like that uh. <clears throat> I just think you need like the argument for uh, 
legalizing everything, I've always sort of been like, ah, you know, but at the same time, I'm like, <clears throat> if it was legal, you would presumably have regulations in place so that people were getting what they paid for. Um, you or wouldn't have for overdoses. Yeah. And I think like, I think there would be generally less overdoses anyways, just because you would have hopefully cleaner products. Because a lot of times like overdoses can be complicated by the amount of filler shit that gets put in stuff to get people high. And I, <clears throat> you know, it puts a, it puts a face like, like we talked about before, like celebrity deaths and stuff. It's like celebrity deaths, like feel personal to me sometimes when they're people that I feel like I've invited into my space. You know, I watched a lot of Michael K. Williams, you know, um, yeah. it puts a face, a face of somebody that like I enjoyed seeing uh, on a crisis that's abstract. You know what I mean? It's like it's too big, but it puts it puts a a person that like I know in that crisis, and it kind of humanizes person, the numbers. Yeah, and a person that like you would assume. <laughs> would be able to escape something like this, you know, or like avoid something like it, you know? And uh, yeah, it's just telling of like larger, larger issues when even somebody like him is like dying of an overdose, you know, of a heroin overdose of all things. And it's just like, yeah, it's, it's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's all, it's all crazy. You know, those are two big ones for me, though. Those are, I found out, <clears throat> I mean, they're basically, what it, what it turned out to be is I shouldn't have, uh, I shouldn't take days off. That's what it is. My, my last, my last day off, uh, Michael K. Williams died. And then uh, last week, my first day off last week, Michael K. Williams died. And my first day off this week. Norm Macdonald died, so I don't know who's gonna die on Tuesday, but it's gonna be a big one. I know it. <laughs> know it. Feel it coming. Tuesday. Yeah. All right. Norm Macdonald is uh, Norm Macdonald's one of those comics that like I never, I never got tired of, and he just, I've watched a couple of like compilation videos with him, completely monkey wrenching talk shows, which is just <laughs> some of the best shit. <laughs> Ever, yeah. I, re <laughs> I recommend him at the YouTube Awards for any um, uninitiated uh, viewers because he's just in like sweatpants and a hoodie, and everyone else is like dancing up like it's like the red carpet for YouTube, and he's just like dunking on everybody. Like, like oh, I don't know who this person YouTube? is, but, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but they're here. All, all the stars are here. Yeah, we got <laughs> you know sixty nine four twenty. All the stars are here. <laughs> he's just like. I think I'm the most well, famous person at this whole thing. It's really making me uh, <laughs> want to get back into TV. <laughs> yeah, no, he's fucking amazing. Yeah, uh, yeah I, uh, I don't know. There's not gonna be. 
there's not very many other people like him, you know, and that's yeah. uh, concerning to me because he's just has such a unique voice and you know there's hours and hours and hours and hours of clips of his brilliance but the fact that like we were being cut off infuriates me i'm like no yeah. he has more <laughs> shit to say stop it you know get out of his way yeah. death you know <laughs> yeah. <laughs> damn it death yeah death is evil uh what's not evil great segue is uh Sony bringing Twisted Metal to television. <laughs> like television? So, NBC television? Or like, do you think like HBO level television? Like they daytime? haven't, they said that they're going to like shop it. Basically like Sony Pictures is being like, yeah, we're fronting the money to do a pilot. And then we're going to take that pilot to a bunch of distributors and streaming services and see who wants it, who gives us the best you know, payday for our work. Um, <clears throat> so if I had to take a guess, I think it's probably going to wind up on Disney Plus. That would be my prediction. <laughs> I mean, with, you know, them taking Alien on, you never know. <laughs> Dude, the Alien thing is hilarious because I wonder if Disney was like, is there any way that we could get like a discounted rate and not get everything that you guys made, you know, like, because we kind of want like the Simpsons, but if we don't have to make an alien movie, that would be cool, you know, because we're afraid of things, you know, we're afraid of interesting things over here at Disney, <laughs> yeah. you know. Uh, well, too many, uh, too many penises in that one, or too many obvious penises in that one. <laughs> There's penises and vaginas, and vaginas acting like penises, and fucking we're not gonna alien babies. Thick. Turning into dildos and popping out of dudes' stomachs. It's like, Jesus Christ, who made we don't this? Know where to even start to unpack that? So we're just going to go ahead and uh, take these cartoons and maybe make a Xenomorph princess in like 15 years, but we'll see. <laughs> like, we don't know. We, we, can't, we can't do anything. We can't, we can't make this, you know? <laughs> They're all fucking embarrassed. Like, I, I, gotta, I gotta go take a shower. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God, I hope not. It's but, the same thing as like Deadpool. Like Deadpool being in the hands of Disney, it's like anybody's guess what's going to happen. You know, they yeah. keep saying it's going to be rated R. And I keep being like, is it? Are you sure? I'm, I'm, I'm anticipating like a, uh, like a hard PG 13. I, I want Disney to lighten up, you know. I want Disney to be like, you know what? We have fans of Mickey Mouse that have grown up and they're like adults and they're also fans of dick jokes. You know, like, <laughs> let's let's just go with it. Like, Jesus Christ, know your audience. You know? Yeah, in a perfect world. <laughs> the girl in Mickey Mouse booty shorts, like, yeah, she, you know, she might enjoy some crude humor you know a little bit everybody likes deadpool just be true yeah. to what came before it, it made a bunch of fucking money just you know well you know they, they ignore the fact that blade literally laid the foundation for everything and if that isn't like a 
like a beautiful display of just them avoiding kind of like the good stuff it all started Mm. with x-men x-men was the first comic book movie ever made (laughs) that's right (laughs) no no no. it was stan it was it was sam raimi's spider-man you know (laughs) x-men wasn't shit you know whichever one stan lee showed up in first that was the first marvel movie x-men i think he was eating the hot dog was he no he's on a beach yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. And he's looking at the Senator Jellyfish. Yes. <laughs> Senator Jellyfish, how are you, sir? <laughs> Just wet. Just so fucking wet. <laughs> Just a gigantic jellyfish crammed in a suit. He's <laughs> just like... Bleh, bleh, bleh. Yeah. <laughs> I'd watch that movie. I'd watch that fifth or seventh or twelfth X-Men movie. With that guy's sure. leader. Yeah, man. Why not? But yeah, no, Twisted Metal coming to TV. Yeah, I mean, I hope that lands. uh, I mean, I hope it doesn't land at Netflix, but I can almost like smell the Netflix on it already because it's just like, ooh, nostalgic franchise that we can just like mine, you know, people's curiosity for viewership of, you know. Yeah, I mean, I could see it winding up on Netflix. The only thing that gives me hope is that Netflix has shown that it's not afraid to go super hard. So, like, I look back at Vincent D'Onofrio decapitating a dude with a car door, and I'm like, all right, maybe Twisted Metal would be okay here. Like, maybe. Yeah, Um, Yeah, I mean, they did um, The Night Comes For Us, which is, like, one of the, like, bloodiest, awesome, like, neo-kung fu noirs, like, of recent memory and uh, it's like the guys that did the raid got like netflix funding and did another one and yeah, it's hella brutal uh, they get kind of crazy with like their uh, love death and robots series which is a lot of fun uh, yeah see it could be interesting oh, i just like mind hunter you know oh yeah yeah exactly. mind hunter is fucking gnarly and it really holds no punches. And like, if you're a serial killer freak, you will second guess your serial killer freakiness after watching mine. <laughs> like, why do I like this? What's wrong with me? You know? <laughs> That's, good. That's good to have a, a show that, you know, does that uh, showing of the serial killer stuff without the veneer, you know, or yeah. that like glory, glorification yeah. of it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, it is, it's an ugly show. Ugly, ugly show. And my favorite part about it, and the reason why I want it to continue, is because Jonathan Groff's character seems to be struggling with the fact that, like, he's 100% a serial killer. Uh, Like, that seems to be something that's, like, slowly being seeded into the show, where it's, like, this guy that's supposed to be going around and analyzing these evil people is actually harboring that he is himself very dangerous, you know? And I'm like, dude, play that out. Like, let this guy figure out that he's the bad guy. I want to see it. Yeah, I'm, right. like, fascinated. Yeah. <sighs> um, yeah, yeah, I can man, just I... see, like, Netflix being like, okay, we got Anthony Mackie. We're going to base it around, like, say, Axel. And we're going to have 12 episodes, 
nine of those episodes is going to be a fucking actual origin story with like all sorts of fucking <laughs> he's not going to have the tires on his arms he's just going to be wired yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly you're not going to see sweet sweet tooth or anybody else until the last like two episodes or maybe like the you know the last three episodes but like the third of those episodes like the final episode will be the one where they're like all right Next season will be the Twisted Metal Tournament. And it's just like, fuck that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fuck that. Shoot myself yeah. within the first three episodes. Am I exactly. going to make it? Exactly. Yeah. Like, if, I, if it isn't just, like, cars being smashed together and, like, weird vignettes of just, like, these deranged drivers' backstories, I don't want to see it. You Dude, know? I, when I posted about it on Instagram, I was like, ever since Mad Max Fury Road came out, I've been like, you need that tone with Twisted Metal, and you got, like, another perfect fucking movie. And, like, yeah. that that movie works, and it literally, it's all driving. Like, the, the, the movie starts, and Furiosa gets in her fucking car and drives, and then the story unfolds on the move. And I'm like, dude, have Twisted Metal be this, you know? And, like, don't give me don't do the Godzilla thing for fuck's sake where it's like oh we're gonna focus on the human characters that are separate (laughs) of the iconic character like give me the actual like people in the cars that are all competing because isn't the conceit like Calypso that puts the event together is like magical and can grant you a wish essentially if you defeat all the other opponents so it's like yeah introduce us to all these characters that are trying viciously to kill each other and then slowly start to reveal why you know, like slowly start to reveal like what is pushing them to this and like, you know, what the sympathies are, like somebody that's trying to resurrect their dead wife or something is somebody that's trying to, you know, just rule the entire world with an iron fist and like wants everybody beneath them. It's like, there's your villain. You know what I mean? Like, just do it that way. But start with the action and don't stop with the action. Just keep it going. You know, I mean, Twisted Metal Black is like the perfect blueprint. Like, if you have like Twisted Metal Black, Fury Road, and like Smoke and Aces or something like that, and you put that <gasps> shit in the blender, like, <laughs> Smoke and Aces. Now you're talking my language. <laughs> Fucking love Smoke and Aces. Hell yeah. But it's like, you know, the characters are all so just inherently awesome because they all just look cool like you really don't need to give people much backstory to like justify what like seeing a mr grim character just like blow up another car you know or like sweet tooth just like throwing flaming icicles or ice cream or whatever at like bystanders like on the street like that's that's what i would like to see like the the idea like in the game it's always like sort of like you're in a city but it feels closed off and everything yeah. the idea of, like this is a cross-country demolition derby and nobody knows it's about to happen you know what i mean yeah. like, like it just, something but yeah like it just starts yeah. and it's like there's regular people that are just trying to drive down the road you know to <laughs> go pick up groceries and all of a sudden all hell breaks loose around them like that yeah, shit yeah. could be cool Fucking get Zack Snyder to direct that shit. This is the type of movie that Zack Snyder <laughs> should be directing. Like, this is his yeah. thing. Or George Fuck. Miller, you know? Or George Miller, if he's not doing anything. Yeah. You know? Which actually, 
it's tough to decide how you want to segue. This is difficult. There's a fork in the road here. So George Miller's Furiosa oh, got yeah. delayed uh, another year, which is a little bit sad. Um, but, you know, whatever. Patience. I'm glad and... it's being made. Fury Road yeah. took like 10 years plus. Yeah. You know? Yeah. This is a prequel, this Furiosa yeah. movie. I'm sort of curious about uh, mm. that angle. I would have kind of like to see Furiosa after she retakes the, you know, the tower yeah. there. I don't know. I mean, I trust Are George you... Miller, but I want to see more Mad Max, you know, ultimately. Yeah. Like, you know, more Fury Road, I guess, from yeah. Fury Road on. Yeah. I feel like if you could tell a sequel to Fury Road that has flashbacks of a prequel to Fury Road yeah. might be the optimal so that you get Anya Taylor-Joy, but you also don't have to throw out Charlize Theron because she's Furiosa. Like she made that yeah. character. You exactly. Know? exactly. Um, and then the other fork in the road one is, <clears throat> this is like, this is like the fuckery that we need to like really focus in on. Oh, I don't boy. feel like people understand how corrupt Warner Brothers is. Uh, <laughs> they put out a TV spot for Zack Snyder's Justice League and it's uh, unlisted on YouTube, which essentially means if you go Zack Snyder's Justice League Blu-ray release and you it won't come up. You could Zack Snyder's Justice League 4K release, it won't come up. Uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League on home video, it won't come up. You cannot search for it on YouTube. So the only way to get to it is to use a direct link to the actual URL to watch this TV spot. <laughs> They're so intense on crushing enthusiasm for Zack Snyder's universe that this is the type of method that they will go to to accomplish that. So if you go on, the WT Fada Instagram, <clears throat> I have basically like a like a link tree, link in bio type thing now on there. So you can get to like our content, uh, your link trees on there. Uh, nice. The WT Fada collection is on there. So you can get fucking merch. <clears throat> and uh, there's also the link to Zack Snyder's uh, Justice League Own It Now from Warner Brothers Entertainment. So you can go there and you can like it and your voice can be heard. Uh, it's 17,000 likes to 148 dislikes. So that's huh. cool. Um, and to be a troll, I wrote, uh, can't wait for the sequel. Hashtag restore <laughs> the Snyder first. Uh, <laughs> so pretty proud man. of myself. I was very happy. Um, yeah. I don't know, man. They fucking, the people in charge of Warner Brothers Pictures are like, we will not tolerate success. It's not going to happen. <laughs> Fuck off with your money. Okay, we don't want it. You know? We only want the money that we know we got from our garbage. Dude, that's what it is. Like, it just doesn't make any fucking sense to me. I don't get it. I don't know why it's like this. And despite their best attempts to try to fucking stop this from happening 
Zack Snyder's Justice League is sold out, like, in every store. It's sold out. Empty shelves from day one. One of the people that I watch on YouTube asked about this at a store he went to. He was like, isn't the movie supposed to be out? Like, the shelves are all empty. And they were like, yeah, it's supposed to be here. But it's not. Because as soon as we opened the doors, that whole section got wrecked. And he was like, I've never seen anything like it before in my life. It's gone. Um, <clears throat> you know, and there's there's a question about that. There's a, like, my question is, this is almost a movie of mythic proportions. So how many of those copies are on eBay? At, like a thousand dollars. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. It's just a possibility, <laughs> but it doesn't matter at the end of the day because that's it's a lot of money. It's sold. Yeah. So I don't fucking care. It's yeah. at least more in even in like the scalper culture, you know, that's like taking that shit and being like, oh, I'm going to like upcharge the shit out of it to make it, you know, to make a buck. Even they recognize the demand. They wouldn't be trying to, you know, do that business model, if you can call it that, uh, <laughs> if they didn't think it was worth investing in. Yeah. So. No, yeah. I think. I think Warner Brothers is just gonna like fight this for like as long as they can, and um, you know that those sequels are gonna be made probably not for another five years or so, but like once the Flash stuff comes out and people really sort of get their Jimmy's Russell just about like having a Snyder adjacent thing come out, they're gonna be like, hey what the fuck and then you know probably start another bullying campaign to like get warner brothers to fund this thing but i think that's what it'll probably take you know it's it's tough too because there are people like that public relations thing has been difficult because a lot of snyder people got you know labeled as toxic and it's like probably some snyder people are toxic where it's like there's a lot of people that are not toxic at all they're like looking at the like me i've never said like hey ann sarnoff i'm gonna cut your head off you know in public you know uh you're recording <laughs> I, but, uh... I never said uh, toby emmerich i'm gonna fucking break your kneecaps you know I, I never said that in public you know um so i <laughs> you know i i uh I just looked at the situation. I'm like, this dude's daughter committed suicide and you used it as an opportunity to rip a film that he was pouring himself into, to rip it out of his hands and then give it to somebody else so that they could mutilate it and turn it into something that they thought the public wanted. And it's like, first of all, it's a shitty thing to do. Second of all, it's stupid. Like the people that didn't like the DC movies before aren't coming in because you changed the tone they've already decided that they don't like it and now the fans that were there are all alienated because you threw out the fucking story you know what i mean like horrible business strategy and just a terrible thing to do to another person like what they did to <laughs> Zack snyder is so fucking wrong and that's what you know that's what release the snyder cut was about to me was like this guy got fucked and it's unfair and yeah you know, unfortunately, there are people that take it too far and they say things like, 
hey, Toby Emmerich, you know, I'm going to rip your intestines <laughs> out. They say that shit in public, you know, like they say, hey, Ann Sarnoff, I'm going to throw you off a building, you know, and you're like, you know, they say that shit in public, you know, and you shouldn't say that in public, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's a crucial detail. Crucial, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I'm really curious to see the fallout from like the next Aquaman movie and like the the Flash movie and just them being like getting a chance to be like, oh, this stuff works if we're doing, you know, pocket universes or something. And like once they establish the room for all of that stuff, I think with the Flash, I think they'll actually sort of realize that you know that's the direction people want to go in like this is this is what people like actually want instead of just a shared universe because nobody wants a shared universe except for corporate yeah no no nobody like it's been overemphasized because of how successful marvel is at it but it's like marvel for for what it's worth it feels to me like the variations between versions of those characters are not as extreme as the variations between versions of DC characters. That's where your fucking money is, is in like, let's take this concept and let's stretch it and let's see what happens when you do this or when you change that. Red Sun Superman, you know, uh, Gotham by Gaslight, you know, like it's completely fucking wacko different from what you would normally get like, the Dark Knight Returns. The Dark Knight Returns, yeah. Like, it's a totally different fucking vibe than your standard monthlies. It's like, that's what they should be trying to adapt into their movies. And, like, that's what's troubling is you have somebody like Ann Sarnoff who is saying things like, oh, we're not interested in continuing the Snyderverse. Like, that's that's done. We completed the trilogy, even though it was designed to be five movies. We completed the trilogy. It's over. And she's like, we're more focused on the multiverse now. And it's like, if you're focused on the multiverse, Zack Snyder's movies are in the fucking multiverse. Like, just fucking continue that leg of the fucking multiverse. Like, what is wrong with you? You don't even know what it means, do you? You're just saying keywords and being like, we're one of the fans, you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah, Comic-Con and uh, ISIS and stuff. Yeah, you guys like jo this. Jo Joss Whedon. Joss Whedon? <laughs> Joss Whedon? Are we wait? Are we wait? Is he not popular anymore? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I mean... What the fuck is going on also, over there? It's, it's also indicative of just them not watching the movie. It's no, like, yeah, no. he's on, that, that was the last one, right? Yeah, we're, we're all set. Uh, yeah. What? Okay. They were like, it's too long. We didn't make it through. We just wanted... <laughs> I saw the first half, and I figured... Like a, a nice, what? light, 90-minute comedy is kind of what... That's our pace, you know? That's where we're at. Um, <clears throat> speaking of that, they lost Nolan, who's been a Dundee. company man since fucking insomnia. Insomnia. He's been at Warner Brothers Studios. Whoa. It's been 20 fucking years. And he's like, I am so done with you fucking people. I am good. I'm all set. I'm going to go to Universal, the studio behind the Fast and the Furious. <laughs> You understand how much you fucked up when no one goes to Universal? Fuck. Vin Diesel, right? Sign me up. <laughs> I'm there. Yeah, we're going to put him in my 
He's going to play J. Robert Oppenheimer in my Atom Bomb movie. We got Vin Diesel. Working on a, a Manhattan's Project movie. I think I'm going to get Vin Diesel as either Oppenheimer or Einstein, but him and The Rock are going to reprise their roles. <laughs> Vin That's Diesel's similar. gonna be, Vin Diesel saying the iconic movie line, "I am become death, destroyer of worlds." God. Yeah. No. I. Uh, I mean, I'm psyched on that movie though. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. I'm curious to see what the structure is, uh, because I know it's not going to be the angle that I'm expecting. I know that Nolan's found a different dramatic question to ask. Yeah. And that's super interesting to me. And it really is. It's a subject matter that feels like only Nolan could be the guy to tackle it because it's literally like a pivot point in reality, like a literal landmark moment for at least this planet, if not the universe abroad. It's like these monkeys figured out how to split an atom and could destroy themselves now <laughs> like they have the actual capability of wiping out their entire existence now it's it's one of those pivot points in history where it's like nothing's going to be the same you know and like yeah. it feels like nolan is sort of the only director i would trust with that subject matter at this point um, yeah yeah, at least like not without making it like into a weird like sci-fi critique or something, you know? Yeah, like uh, like it feels like something like a, I don't know, like Steven Spielberg would drop the ball on that one. It, it wouldn't be gravely serious enough. Um, yeah. The only other guy, and it's just because they're so similar, is like Denny, uh, Denny Villain, Villain. Villanueva, yeah. Yeah, something Dude. like that. Denny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel like he uh, he's the only guy, but it's because of how similar he is to Nolan that I see it, you know? Yeah. Uh, I'd like to see, like, an Aronofsky handling of something like that and just make it this, like, awful thing, you know? Yeah. But that, that starts to get, like, agendas behind it and, like, loaded emotions. And I feel like Nolan can come at it from a relatively objective perspective while still being like very you know serious you know yeah. he's so he's super cold you know yeah like he can just be like this is factually how fucked we are now do you understand <laughs> yeah. you get in this just in case anybody, um, nobody uh nobody's been keeping notes like yeah <laughs> yeah this could have been the end so yeah i mean that's pretty much been a, it's been a, a while since we've done like a true off topic so we, we've lagged behind matrix resurrections trailer came out oh yeah yeah psyched that on that crazy looking um and the hawkeye trailer came out and oh, it's like it's nice to see that we're getting a solid diehard reboot i'm very excited yeah. about it <laughs> yeah actually you know and i say that like kind of sarcastic but actually like i'm fucking super excited that seems like the exact like if you know talking about nolan if nolan looked at heat when he did the dark knight i'm totally fine with the creative team here being like we looked at die hard and we said we're making that movie with hawkeye i'm fine i'm good i've also heard mm -hmm. rumors 
that Vincent D'Onofrio is going to come back as the kingpin, and he may have put on weight uh, significantly. Hell yeah. Uh, I mean, so I'm, I, yeah, I could go either way, so I'm, I'm psyched either way, actually. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. It means um, less, less finicking, hopefully, visually from him. Yeah. Um, but I guess Spider-Man. that also means uh, that Danny Renner's drama got swept under the rug. The rug. Yeah, like one of those things where it's just like we're gonna forgive him for that. Everybody yeah, threatens that, their wife with murder every once in a while. It happens, you know. It's fine. Yeah, it's just working for Disney. Look, if he was, if he wasn't famous, it would be a problem. But like, he's an actor. He's, you know, he's just being dramatic. He's method acting. Yeah, it's fine. You know. <laughs> yeah. Thanks a lot, Disney. Anyway, uh, yeah, Spider-Man trailer. You know what's scary cool. about that? You know what's scary about that though is, is you know. That if he ever made good on that progress, that that promise, he's like had the aim down perfect, <laughs> thanks to Disney. <laughs> thanks all that training. Maybe that's, maybe that's why they're not making such a big deal of it. Everyone would be like, "Wait a minute, did he train this guy? Is he some like Manchurian candidate? You know? Ex special forces or what?" It's like, no, no, he was in a Disney movie. You know, he's the guy that killed Bambi's mom. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no. 400 yeah. yards is a great shot, but. <sighs> terribly dark. <laughs> terribly <Yep>. dark. But <laughs> the, Hawkeye, the Hawkeye series looks like it'll be fun. I'm excited about it. And, you know, everybody deserves a second chance, you know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> if Mel Gibson <laughs> can get one, you know, Jeremy Renner can get one. Everybody gets a second chance. Oh What's God. Harvey Weinstein putting out this year? Has he got any movies himself and he's producing anything? I'm well, excited. Quentin Tarantino now, but uh <laughs> Quentin, Tar- <laughs> Quentin Tarantino has to go to uh to prison to pitch to pitch his next movie to Harvey <laughs> Weinstein. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's legit the state of fucking white Hollywood. You didn't uh, kill the guy. He's, you know, there's no real hard evidence. In his defense. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, barf all over the floor. In, in her defense, like, you know, well, in his defense, in Jeremy Renner's defense, she asked him to please help out around the house, you know, and it's like, you just don't do that. He's an actor. You don't ask him to do chores. Like, that's crazy. That's a crazy I mean, thing to say. With music, the man is out of his fucking mind. <sighs> a hundred thousand percent like oh my god it is jeremy renner range like techno like gospel christian music it's weird dude it is so fucking weird hold on you're fucking messing with my head here jeremy renner makes music is that what you're saying yes he's like a singer (laughs) type on like (laughs) house like christian country gospel shit it's just the worst the worst kind of music you could ever imagine somebody making and then it's just like oh jerry jeremy renner's also making that music so it's like even worse like i'd check it out i mean i would throw it in that link tree for any morbidly curious folk out there but it I is i can i can fucking do that yeah terrible. i can do that it's news to me i had no idea about that that's fucking yeah. wild yeah um 
Yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> Moving down the line of stuff. Last big thing to talk about is, uh, you know, that's the Hawkeye series on Disney Plus. HBO Max has their own bird themes potential television show coming out uh the penguin starring colin farrell um what? that's a thing yes apparently it's in development uh the news is still kind of shaky about it it's like a rumor at this point but <clears throat> i'm ready i'm that's like 100 ready yeah wow dude ah. give me hbo the studio that brought you the Sopranos doing a Colin Farrell penguin television show, like, uh, oh, oh, you're like speaking my language. Like, that's exactly what I want, you know? The penguin is like <clears throat> low key one of my favorite Batman villains. And I like sometimes don't realize that. And then, like, <laughs> I start thinking about it and I'm like, he's the one, like he's like up there at the tippity top of like the best villains <coughs> to come out of that universe. Yeah. And Colin Farrell is an amazing actor. He looks amazing in the Batman. Uh, that version of Gotham city looks perfect for telling that type of story, like this corrupt evil mob boss character in that world. Like, I don't know. I'm like, I can't even get Terrence Winter back. Terrence Winter didn't want to do, you know, the GCPD show, get him back to do Penguin, you know, like Boardwalk Empire guy, Sopranos guy, Terrence Winter, get him back to do the Penguin. Uh, yeah, I'm just like, my uh, cynical part of me is just like, Ex going into this expecting you know the batman to be good and expecting the Seems rest like of warner brothers is <laughs> warner brothers well, is exactly. in. but yeah you know? no they, they have pushed all all the chips from ben affleck's area into matt reeves's wing and uh the cynic in me is just like the batman's probably gonna suck and then we're going to have like five years of tertiary fucking media just like hammering this content like down our throats. That's just like, hey, you guys like this, right? You guys like this, this Batman, right? And it's just like, no. Take it, bitch. Stop. Take it. You stop it. No. Exactly. No, they have cartoons and all these like, you know, fun shows that are related to it coming out. And it's just like, this had better be good for you guys to be going down the rabbit hole of like <clears throat> universe expansion this hard you know that's why i don't believe so many of the reports coming out about the batman like th there are two camps of people that have like what seems to be a vested interest in kind of derailing the batman and <clears throat> one of them is the one that's kind of always existed around the periphery of dc movies which is there's a real tribal war between Marvel and DC with some people. Like there's a real thing that happens where like, <clears throat> I'm definitely more of a DC person, but I see a trailer like Hawkeye and I'm like, that's what I want. More grounded, a little bit more realistic. It feels a little bit like the nice guys 
feels a little bit like the iHeart. This is what I want, that, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> um, when it gets too big and when it gets too shiny, my eyes kind of glaze over and I just, like, ah, you know? So that's where I stand. But there are some people that are like, if it's a Marvel movie, it sucks. Or if it's a DC movie, it sucks. So you get DC fanatics trying to tank Marvel movies. Ain't going to happen. And you get Marvel fanatics trying to tank DC movies, which is easier to do. And like, that's always existed. But now there's even more people that would want to tank something like the Batman because they want to restore the Snyderverse. So you have people that just want Zack Snyder's universe to continue and everything else sucks. And that's why you hear reports, Robert Pattinson and Matt Reeves fucking hate each other. They don't even want to work together and they don't even know if there's going to be a trilogy. You hear that, you hear Warner Brothers saw the movie. They say it sucks. They don't want it, you know, and Matt Reeves is angry at the studio because they're making him change all of this stuff, blah, blah, blah. And like, okay, those reports, but what about like the factual things? Those are rumors. What about the factual things? Like they're, they started making the Batman and they said, you know what, <clears throat> Matt, do you want to develop a cartoon? And he was like, sure. Yeah, I could do that. And he was like, what, 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 what cartoon? And they were like, it's a Batman cartoon. And he's like, oh, perfect. Yes, I would love to. And then they're like, hey, Matt, would it be cool if we did like a prequel series, like a GCPD thing? Like, would you be interested in that? He's like, oh yeah, fuck yeah. Like, let's do that. And then he's like, hey, I got another idea. Like, I could we do like a Penguin spinoff? And they're like, yeah, fuck yes. Like, let's do a Penguin spinoff. And it's like, the rumors don't outweigh the factual evidence that like Warner Brothers apparently trust Matt Reeves with, you know, Batman. And apparently they trust the Batman universe that he's creating enough to start spinning off a bunch of fucking shows that they're spending, you know, millions of dollars on, you know, not to mention that there's been longstanding rumors that Zoe Kravitz is getting a Catwoman show. So it's like, this is not something that they're like concerned about. Whatever rumors, if like Robert Pattinson got mad because Matt Reeves made him do 10 extra takes or something, he was like, I just want to be done for the day. That doesn't mean that there's any problems <laughs> that's just normal yeah. shit <clears throat> but i don't know yeah, yeah we'll see Weird. i mean i just hope it's good that's all it's i cute. want it's like good stuff yeah there's too much politics in our movies at this point it's too much like behind the scenes drama it's too much oh, yeah. fandom drama well, there's just so much money and there's so much like was a vested interest when there's just like too many cooks in the kitchen and it's just like you know if matt reeves had maybe like 125th of like the budget that he has for this he'd probably get a much more bizarre and experimental like batman movie with less you know corporate meddling and if that was like the technique even with the Marvel stuff, like you get sort of people worried about losing their money starting to like recede once you're like just giving people little bits, you know, and what you can have movies like Anchor or whatever come out and make you a bunch is, more money afterwards, you know? Dude, and, and start like regardless of whether Todd Phillips has any interest in doing there's a rumor that broke today that 
the second Joker is greenlit and Joaquin Phoenix is returning. That's the rumor. Huh. Um, regardless of whether Todd Phillips wants to do anything other than Joker, man, I would like to see not, you know, it's not that I would like to see Batman in that universe. It's that I think there are versions of that character that could work well. And specifically, I would like to talk with Todd Phillips and put him in a room with Darren Aronofsky because I think Darren Aronofsky's young Bruce Wayne fighting Joaquin Phoenix's Joker, I think that could work. If they greenlit Aronofsky's old, they dusted off that old script and they put that in the Joker universe, that's a place where that particular strange version of Batman would fit. You know? Yeah. <clears throat> but I don't know. <sighs> Let's cut to commercial. And then let's talk about a movie that Warner Brothers spent a lot of money on. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Ryan? Yes? What the fuck are we talking about? Today we are talking about the worst X-Men movie that um, I think the Warner Brothers has ever put out. <laughs> yeah. The worst and only, yes. <laughs> it's called Reminiscence, starring Wolverine. Uh, I mean, uh, Logan, no, uh, Hugh Jackman as... Huge ass man. <laughs> yeah. As Wolverine in Westworld? Yeah. This is, is Westworld. Like yeah. So he he's Wolverine, but it's like he's not telling anybody that he's Wolverine, so he doesn't pop his claws, and he acts like he can get hurt the whole movie. Um, and then basically like he has like some cerebro technology that allows you to like remember shit instead of like being able to like look around the world and like get into people's minds and stuff so you you can like remember shit and then one day uh, Jessica Rabbit walks in and she can't (laughs) find her keys Um, and actually the character from Westworld uh, that uh, her name's Maeve, um, is like his partner in the thing. And actually one of the other robots from Westworld is, plays a character, like they say her name's Elsa, but like, it's clearly the character from Westworld. And, um, <laughs> the guy that played, uh, the, the, uh, the character, uh, Smiley from Training Day is in there. That's cool. And, um, <clears throat> Yeah. Yeah, so that's reminiscence. Um, we'll talk to you guys next week. <laughs> the whole movie. Jessica Rabbit can't find her keys. What are we going to do? I have to ask Wolverine to find them in the All nicest right. way possible. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, what, 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 what is this movie? What are they doing? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. This, you know, I, I watched on a whim and uh, basically just because like the Westworld dudes were attached to it. And I was like, all right, that was a fun show. I'll give this thing a shot. It's like two hours should be of equal or somewhat lesser entertainment. And uh, yeah, like I, I kind of like left it at the end 
appreciating it a little bit just because like the writing stuff was like oh look this callback to this other thing and like you know it did the kind of westworldian thing where it was like oh and here's a big reveal of this thing that we've kind of seeded since the beginning and you know it wasn't revolutionary at all or anything but you know this is very like middle of the road it felt super derivative of like a thousand different things it was yeah. so bizarre it was yeah, like they put the everything. last 10 years of sci-fi cinema in a blender and they were just like no one's even gonna know like no one's gonna be able to tell. You know? like everybody knows like this is so fucking weird this is so yeah. weird worse too that it's jonathan nolan and to me the ultimate lesson of the movie is the same exact lesson of inception his brother's groundbreaking sci-fi film and it's like dude you gotta get away from your brother like get out of the shadow of your monolith brother get yeah. the fuck away and do something completely different do something that chris would have no interest in you're stepping into his turf and everyone's gonna notice it's like when wally feister fister i never like to call him fister <laughs> very poor pronunciation but i've heard fister more than feister but i'm gonna say feister so that nobody starts thinking about fisting. Uh, so I'm glad that I'm glad that I dodged that bullet. I'm glad that I dodged that bullet. Uh, now the fist part of the movie. Well, kind of, the yeah. fist part in the first in the fist act. Uh, so Wally Wally Feister, uh, he did the movie Transcendence, and Wally Feister is. Nolan's director of photography. Okay. Ooh. So the movie looks just like a Nolan movie. And guess what actors Wally Feister knows? Killian Murphy and Morgan Freeman <laughs> and uh, every fucking actor that's ever worked with Chris Nolan. And it's like it feels like it's a it's a knockoff Chris Nolan flick. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe directed by Chris Nolan. <laughs> it's like this might <laughs> Is this Chris Nolan? Is this just a really bad Chris Nolan movie? And right. like, yeah, it was it was very it was strange. And and what sucks is that Jonathan Nolan and his they always say partner Lisa Joy, but I don't know if they mean writing partner or writing partner and romantically entangled partner. I never know. And I have not asked them. I've been out to dinner with them several <laughs> times. They're lovely people. Um but they uh, they had their own thing going. Like Westworld is their own thing, and and like it's a yeah, it's a remake of a movie, you know, from late sixties, seventies. Yeah, it's not right. So it's not one hundred percent their own thing, but the style that they brought to it, the angle that they came at it from, is their own thing, and it is original, and it doesn't feel like Chris. <clears throat> this just feels so much like Chris. Like, and I think some of the sci-fi world-building stuff is fun and is interesting. And I like the idea that, like, oh, the daytime's too hot, so we're all nocturnal. I'm like, oh, yeah. that's kind of cool, you know. Uh, but, but why? 
it feels like, and they shoehorn it in to dialogue where it doesn't matter. Like it shouldn't happen. He's like, comes out and he's like, oh, what are you doing up, uh, you know, so early? And she's like, oh, I love this time of day before the sun down, the sun goes down and everybody wakes up. And it's like, you already said it. You said it 15 minutes ago. I heard you. I was here. Okay. Like I'm watching your movie. You don't have to tell me this again. Like fucking move on. Great idea. I didn't clap loud enough the first time I heard it. You know? <laughs> yeah, right. Like Jesus Christ, stop. You know? So yeah. like I I think like some of those like unsure footing moments in it are really strange. Like it's just like go on. Like we get it. I was like, oh that's kind of clever. Yeah. That's all you're gonna get out of me. I'm not it's not a showstopper. I'm not gonna like be recommending the movie like because it's hot out during the day, they all get up at night. I'm not going to do that. It's never yeah, going to happen. Not enough, you know? And I mean, I think it's a brilliant idea because the whole idea of neo-noir, like, film noir is literally like, is it not black cinema? Is that what they call it? Is that the French, like, the French actual translation is like black cinema or something? Like, that, to me, this movie has a great opportunity to flip all of that shit on its its head. And, like, all the seedy bad things would be happening in the middle of broad daylight. And, like, that might be interesting. Like, oh, everybody's, like, not out during the daytime. But, like, like, you know, we talked about prostitutes earlier in the show. Bringing them back around. So, like, you know, seeing, like all the shit like prostitution and drug dealing and all of that stuff that normally you would see in like this nighttime place it's like now the ugliness of that world would be fully illuminated you know in the sun and like you can get some like cool heads headdresses in there some cool like shades or something like yeah yeah it feels lazily designed yeah it's like a footnote in the story because the story still operates like that isn't like a big cultural shift you see people going to school at night like oh that's kind of clever that's interesting you know that's different but it's like i just want a little bit more you know of that exploration you know where you see the underbelly of society in stark daylight i think it's fascinating yeah like make it mean something you know I uh, I don't know. I feel like they kind of half-assed it in favor of this kind of it's an over-the-top sci-fi movie that they are trying to essentially mask as like a noir and I kind of just want it to be a noir you know? I don't, I don't really need the sci-fi stuff. It's cool if you want to put it in the future. You want to get a little bit of like that, you know, Blade Runner 2049 kind of thing going on. That's fine. But I just think, uh, I just think that they, they're spending money in the wrong places, you know, and, and there are ideas in there that I, that I do enjoy. And that actually are scary close to some things that I've been 
developing for a long time. This year has been a strange time for me because there's been several movies that have come out that I'm like, you guys are getting super fucking close to essentially all the world building that I did for my story. And I'm a little bit sad about it, but that's okay. (laughs) I, um, I don't know. Yeah, it's like, I don't know. I watched it just expecting a middle-of-the-road sci-fi and got, like, slightly less than the middle-of-the-road sci-fi that I thought I was going to get, you know? Well, it's a weird... There's a weird problem in it, right, where I fell completely out of the movie. Um, Oh, geez. After... After the fist act, I fell out of the movie <laughs> almost entirely. And then by the time we got, what? It's easy to do. Yeah, yeah. All the interesting stuff happened during the fist act. Um, second act, I was like, I don't care. When he's running down leads and the weeds, like, yeah. it doesn't even track. Like, it feels like the mystery element of it doesn't even track. It's like he keeps running into dead ends and nothing's happening. And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. (laughs) And then, like, when the third act happens, it felt like... It felt like it got magnitudes of order more interesting to me. But then it also gets to a climax where the echoes to Inception are like so loud that I could barely even pay attention to the movie. Like it was a very odd, unbalanced flick. I don't quite know what to say about it. You know what, (laughs) the best part of it, the best part of it in in all honesty is, um they have a really nice poster excellent poster yeah Yeah. (laughs) definitely the highlight of the movie i think so and i got to that like hbo max page and i said to myself oh man look at that look at that image that's great (laughs) and then i watched the movie and i was like yeah no it's awesome was that poster image on the uh on the page where i clicked play it's awesome yeah, right? Right before you actually started watching it. Yeah, yeah, that was the big one. I don't know, man. It, it's it's bizarre, and, like, that, that echoing of other shit is distracting when they show huge... First of all, all right, I'll, I'll talk about the echoing, and then I want to I take a moment to talk about the actual plot of this story. Okay? Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> so, let's talk about the echoing. Uh... <clears throat> There's there's Rebecca Ferguson with red hair in a red dress that has a huge thigh split up to like her waist. Um, and she's singing in a nightclub. And I'm I it's Jessica Rabbit. 100 percent they were like we need like a noir vixen character like who should we base it on it's like oh jessica rabbit's a noir vixen it's like ah perfect nailed it so they do that uh 
Hugh Jackman is quite a bit older than Ryan Gosling, but he's walking around in like the future in like a knee length trench coat. And you can't stop making comparisons to Kay, who's also on a mission to like uncover buried memories and shit in Blade Runner 2049. I can't stop thinking about Kay. All right. Hugh Jackman is like, oh, I'm going to get in the reminiscence machine. All right. He did this in The Prestige when he gets in the fucking machine that Nikola Tesla makes for him. Right. He's weighing in this tank of water strapped up with all this technology and i'm like this is the part where they put the adamantium in them <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> it's all over the movie and i can't stop it's over and over then it's like oh it's a noir movie and they have like uh oh look at all the it's the, all the water stuff in it and it's like vaguely like oh there's like a corrupt guy at the top and they introduce him and it's like, it's Brett Cullen, who, for those keeping track at home, is Thomas Wayne in Joker, a corrupt rich guy, okay? <laughs> now, I'm like, the water imagery, the noir imagery, this corrupt guy at the top, it's Chinatown. Roman Polanski's Chinatown. Like, that's what it is. It's based on Chinatown, right? Um, like, my mind was, like, all over the fucking... I was thinking about anything other than the fucking movie I was watching. I was thinking of every other movie that's ever been made. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So fucking distracting. It's so distracting. And, like, even imagery that you would think would be novel, like the boats sailing through canals and stuff, like, you know, there were elements of that even that felt like it reminded me a lot of um, I think it was Skyfall, him going to the restaurant, James Bond going to the restaurant and yeah. they passed by all like the floating candles and stuff, like kind of had like things like that to it. The city like kind of submerged in the water reminded me of Inception too, when they go down into like sub levels of the dream space limbo. Um, yeah, it was it was weird. It was a strange watch because the comparisons just wouldn't stop invading my headspace. Like it was it was really weird. Well, they're operating with just like <laughs> broad symbol like noir symbolism or something and they're just like, "Oh yeah, but it'll be like future stuff." And like that's a good place to start, but like they didn't make it any farther than like that. And there's like, all right, we're gonna need a little bit of this from over here. We'll just take that from over there. And like, yeah, it's just like the most well-tread noir tropes without any originality or like real consideration for them as like tropes, you know? Yeah. When he, Hugh Jackman's like does like the the noir narration, and yeah. it's almost like the level of <clears throat> it's almost the same level of interest that Harrison Ford had when they made him do it for Blade Runner, the original Blade Runner. <laughs> so it reminded me of that too. Like Harrison Ford, Harrison Ford's amazing. And part of the reason he's amazing is because when they asked him to do the narration for Blade Runner, he was like, I don't want to do a fucking narration. That's stupid. And they were like, you have to do it. We paid you. And he's like, oh, 
fuck, fine. And then he went in and he just like says the lines monotone, like completely deadpan with no feeling at all. And he wrecks the movie. He wrecks it, you know? And it felt a little bit like that. Like it felt kind of <laughs> like Hugh Jackman didn't give a shit, you know? I pictured him like, look, this is a podcast, okay? I'm sitting here. I'm not wearing pants, you know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm drinking soda, you know, I'm kind of, I'm checked out. I don't care, you know, but I'm not paid to do this. Not well. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, so I, I feel like if, if you're paid to do it, you know, put a little bit more effort in it, but I see them sending Hugh Jackman like, oh, this part doesn't really make sense, so we're going to do a narration, okay? So do you mind recording this? And he's like, yeah, sure, I'll do it in the morning. And, like, he's just gotten up. He's fucking, like, you know, not in any clothes, like maybe socks. And he's at his kitchen table, and he has a cup of coffee, and he's, like, recording off of, like, he's recording onto his cell phone while he's reading an email over his... And that's what I hear. That's what's in there. I don't... It's like... It, it, it's palpable that like this dude is checked out at this point. He doesn't care. He's like, I know it's not great. I already know it. You know, I, I, I'm not. I, I don't I'm care anymore. I'm comfortable. You know what? I just gotta get this thing over with. That's it. And it, it, it's, I don't know. It's a fucking bizarre one because, and this is why this is why I want to talk about story stuff. Is like, I figured out. I'm trying to think of what I didn't figure out from the first 30 minutes. And I think what I didn't figure out, <clears throat> I didn't, there were, there were, there was hold back information that came way later, but I had already decided. I'm like, Brett Cullen, Thomas Wayne, uh, Thomas Wayne is involved with, this woman's disappearance with Jessica Rabbit's disappearance. Thomas Wayne did something to her and Wolverine's going to find out. And like, <laughs> I <laughs> so I already knew that and I already knew that Elsa, because she is a cast member from Westworld, it's like context clues. You know what I mean? Like, I already know that she's there for a reason. She definitely is. They focus on her more. They have dialogue with her more. And she says some key pieces of dialogue. Like, oh, that's fine taking the memory to watch it. But it's not like being in the real memory. Because in the real memory, I can touch and feel and all this stuff. All right? And then they have this scene that's supposed to be, like, super romantic where... Uh, Rebecca Ferguson, sorry, Jessica Rabbit is like, he's total, Wolverine's totally checking out my ass right now. And she turns around and she's like, how close can you get to somebody before the illusion breaks? Is it this close, this close, this close? And then they like, you know, make out, have sex and everything. And like, that moment, I'm like, he's not, he's, this isn't real. This is a memory. I know this. It's already, because you already put all the pieces right in front of me. And they reveal it at a weird time. It's like the end. I would say it's the end of the fist act. Easily. Yeah, around there. Right around there. <laughs> uh, so like, there's so much stuff kind of front loaded in it. And then I think part of the reason that the second act is so fucking weird is because they hold back 
the rest of the information for the mystery. Like at that point, you've exhausted all your leads. The end of the first act, you've already figured out Thomas Wayne's involved, this, 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 all of that stuff. There's no place for the investigation, it seems to me, to naturally go. And that's why he has to stumble upon like random clues in the second act instead of like carrying over shit from the first. It's like yeah. the whole thing gets wrapped up over here. <clears throat> and it could be interesting. And I've seen movies that do it well. Like Gone Baby Gone has a structure where it feels like you hit the climax of the movie and then the movie goes on for another hour. You realize that it's like, oh, wait, there's shit front loaded in the beginning of this that's unresolved that we're heading towards resolving. Like that's where we're going. And that's kind of cool. It feels like it gives enough distance to a tragic event for you to feel like it's closure. And then it's like months and months and months later. And it's like something still doesn't feel right about that. And you know that this guy throughout that whole second part of the movie has been thinking about that in the back of his mind that it's been bothering him. And then he finally gets one piece of information that's like, wait a second, what if and he re-examines that thing from the beginning, and then he starts pulling on threads, and the mystery unravels, and bam, like exciting detective story that feels earned, you know? This is just like, he walks out of his place of work, and he's like, she left her earring on the ground. She must be alive, you know, like this, like a weird connection that doesn't, like, I don't get it. I don't understand the way that it's structured and it's so weird. And they hold back major information because I think they know that their mystery isn't mysterious. Like, I think they know that if you <laughs> yeah. one character being involved, it's going to all, you're going to be able to make like some very serious, educated guesses and you're going to be able to figure this shit out. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There really there isn't there isn't a whole lot, you know? Like it's uh it's a very Jeff Lobian mystery movie. <laughs> a Lobian mystery. <laughs> we gotta turn that into like a dictionary definition. <laughs> yeah. A Lobian a Lobian mystery is one where you you know you vaguely like the characters despite the fact that the plot doesn't make any fucking sense. Yep, and then you just keep telling people it's a mystery without giving them any of the clues to solve it themselves and then just show them the mystery that it could have been at the very end and be like, oh yeah, no, here you go. It was, it was always my intention that at the end of the long Halloween, you'd find out that there were actually, it was actually just 12 random murders that happened on <laughs> holidays that they were connecting for some reason. <laughs> God. <laughs> the world's greatest detective. <laughs> yeah. There's a pattern here, right? Yeah. I don't I, get it. Uh, he killed 30 people on Halloween, but only 12 people died on Valentine's Day. What does it mean? How does how is it all connected? Yeah, it's <laughs> just like yeah, it was, uh, 
I was like mad I watched as much of it as I did at the end of it. And I was just like, man, I could have missed so much more of this and still have like retained as much story as I gleaned from like maybe the 25 minutes of like actual watching that I did, you know? It's, it's, it's really weird too, because the ebb and flow of this story is fascinating to me. Like I'm invested in the beginning. I'm like, oh, there's some clever ideas here. Okay. And then uh, they lose me in the middle. I'm like, I don't fucking care about any of this shit. Then they have like a genuinely kind of exciting kind of character you know, drama scene towards the end of it that's super well acted that I'm like, oh, wow, like, fuck yeah, that, that's pretty cool. Like, she's, spoiler alert, uh, Jessica Rabbit's talking to Smiley from Training Day, but she's not talking to him. She's talking to Logan, who's viewing this through the uh, Weapon X program that they have <laughs> in the old bank building. And he's watching it, and, like, <clears throat> he winds up stepping into, like, the construct that is apparently made out of uh, my ex-girlfriend's beaded curtains that she <laughs> separated the rooms of the apartment with. Uh, so he's, he's, he's in there and, uh, and it like morphs and like that it's like he's like in there with her and they get to have some type of closure that's embedded in the memory of Smiley and like that's pretty cool. I was like, fuck yeah. And then she's like, I'm not going to let him kill that kid because there's Bruce Wayne. Thomas's kid is sent off and <laughs> hiding. And so he doesn't want to get killed. And so they, so he's like, I, she's like, I can't let him know. So she takes all this pills of something called back, 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 Bacula? Blackula? <laughs> <laughs> she takes the pills <laughs> and it's like holy shit she's gonna overdose and then she falls off of <laughs> well she throws herself <laughs> off of that top floor in the warehouse except with much like, more tra tragedy <laughs> i don't understand it because it's like what what was the series of events there she takes all these pills and then she threw herself off of a building or uh, off the ledge of the building yeah, in the warehouse. Some abandoned, you know, apartment building, it looks like, or something. Why'd so she like do that, though? Thing, just to be thorough. <laughs> <You know? laughs> John Cena, I'm thorough. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Wait, why did you do that? Like, because I'm thorough. <laughs> So, so make me take a bunch of pills. Don't throw me off of a building. Why throw me off of a building? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because I'm thorough. And he's like, who are you talking to? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, God dude. damn. I don't exactly. understand that either. That was weird. I think because it would have taken too long to see her die of a drug overdose. <laughs> they were like, we got to speed this up. Like, we're already like two and a half hours into this thing. We got to like really get this ending wrapping, wrapping up quick. You know? well, it's, it's such a weird thing for her to go to because she knows that Cliff, she knows that Smiley is right there <laughs> in the room with her, right? So I'm going to take the pills so that I kill myself, right? But then she knows that the, like, I would assume 
that she would know that the pills are going to take a couple of minutes for her to overdose. And in that time, Smiley could grab her and be like, where's Bruce Wayne? And just start like, you know, thrashing her about the room, trying to get that information from her. So then she sees him coming towards her and she's like, oh, I should throw myself off the ledge. But I'm like, why did you think taking all those pills was the good idea in the first place? Yeah, I don't know. Because like, I think the Becca or whatever was going to be the stuff that would have like made her like high enough to tell the dude wherever the kid was. So she took so all of it. It's like, I'm going to so take she... a bunch and just while out as I throw myself off of this like building or something. It would have been funny if she threw herself off the ledge and she was like, Bruce Wayne is in a, you know, she like said exactly where he was right before she smacked into the ground. <laughs> Bruce Wayne is in a house in the ocean. <laughs> yeah, <right. Smash. laughs> well, thanks. <laughs> hey, it works. <laughs> yeah, right. My yeah. plan works. Yeah. I, uh, but yeah, well acted scene. Yeah. I got emotionally invested uh, when Logan did his, no, wait, no! And he, like, tears in his eyes and stuff. I'm like, that was good, man. That was good, Hugh Jackman. You got it. Uh, Wolverine. That's good. Um, After two like, and a half hours of him not doing anything, you know, it, it's a surprise. They're not doing it, nothing, but, you it's, know. It's funny because I feel like, I feel like he's a pretty emotional dude. And I don't know what it was, but kind of uh, flat in this movie. He seems a little bit too pathetic for Hugh Jackman. Like I had this, like they should have cast me in it. You know, I would have, I would have nailed that. I would, I'm right in line. Like I'm right at that pathetic level, just right there. You know, but I feel like I could have really done something with it. You know, but they like to couple their like sad characters with uh, six packs. So, how dare you? How dare I know you, you don't no, know I'm... me. Okay, <laughs> I can get there. All right, just no, need a trainer. I mean, hey, listen, they don't you fuck with me. All right, to be jacked, you know they like the only huge jacked man. That kind of like. Uh, what's it called physique is like literally to have a day job of just being at the gym yeah it's almost like dedication symbol you know it's like oh look at Dwayne the Rock Johnson he's jacked and it's like yeah because he can afford to be at the gym six days a week for 12 hours a day you know he's overdone it don't you think he's he's gone oh yeah I mean he's way past he's just a bicep you know (laughs) but uh literally if he was just like walking on a farm or something, I'd be like, the bull got out, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah. what the fuck's going on? Why is he out of the out of the? Put him back, you know. Right, his horns must have like just grown into his neck or something. But he's so uh, fucking big, he's yeah. so fucking big. I saw I mean, him talking about his meal plan. I oh, saw him talking about his meal plan, and I was like, dude, are you out of your fucking mind? It's yeah, not dude. worth it, dude. You were big enough in the '90s. Like, stop. You're starting to get like a weird gravitational pull. Like, well, you know, he's coming up on fifty. He's probably got all sorts of weird, like, you know, 
projected ideas of his body crumbling beneath him as he gets older starting to come into play. So he's just like, I got to get ahead of this while I still can. And he's just going to like be this jacked fucking senior citizen in 20 years. But, you know, he's not going to make it that far. (laughs) He's not going to make it that far. Like, I guarantee. Press on his head and decapitate himself (laughs) by accident. That or like, however, like the amount of steroids and shit i'm calling it like he's probably done damage to his body like in that way dude's probably falling apart internally because of all the shit that he did so that he could like be so fucking massive you know yeah yeah it was nice to see hugh jackman not like fucking ripped in this movie it was like it was nice to feel like you know he's taking a rest after like all the all the Wolverine stuff, it was nice. Twelve years of like Wolverine movies. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean he still is in ridiculous shape, but it just felt like he was like relaxing. I was like, all right, cool. I mean, our our I think the culture of like body images is like starting to get or is continuing to get you know just warped and despite our dialogue about it. Like if you look at even Hugh Jackman. Um, in the X-Men movie. The first one? In, in X-Men, yeah, he's like, he's not huge. You know, normal. he's like relatively normal. He's, you know, yeah, he's just like a dude. And you can just like watch from that movie to like even Logan, where it just looks like he has a full like eight-hour workout routine before every shoot. And it's just like, dude. Where it started eat. to get real, like where I started to be like, okay, stop like seriously stop was uh days of future past it was like dude eat (laughs) some fat now like now your fucking eyeballs are about to shrivel up you know like your your body needs some fat on it and like (laughs) literally like the last source of fat in your fucking body the last to go is going to be in your eyeballs (laughs) and like you're right on the edge of it your eyeballs are about to fucking deflate and to rip down your chin, you know what I mean? And that's going to be, you know, that's going to be the way that Wolverine looks in this movie. Like, eat something. Yeah. Fucking knock off the shit. Have some yeah, water, yeah. for fuck's sake. You know? Yeah, I mean, and I guess, you know, he found it. He found it in Reminiscence. <clears throat> he found all that water. Water, water everywhere. God. Yeah, it's, I don't know, it's man. Weird. It's a weird one. The, even, like, that's why, like I said, it's getting dangerously close to like some ideas that I've held for different things that I'm like, they're too big for me. They're they're like these projects, these ideas are like too big. So I haven't done anything with them, but it's like that idea of ideas are like floating out there in the ether and that if you don't seize on them, somebody else will grab them. And I start to see things that I'm like, that's really close to kind of my thought process of like what I want to do. They missed a crucial detail. I'll tell you off air. Uh, As they always do. Yeah, there's like things about what they have in Reminiscence that could have made it visually more interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's like pieces that could have been made 100% better in the movie, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's one of those ones that I'm going to have to like go back to, I think. I think I want to rewatch it at least once and try to figure out exactly what my feelings are about it 
I think it's a serviceable sci-fi movie in particular if you haven't watched a sci-fi movie in like the last 15 years. If you've avoided sci-fi for like the last 15 years, you're going to think this shit is on leak as the kids. <laughs> to, to coin a, you know, 10-year-old term. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're not kids anymore, you old fuck. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah the, exactly. Well put. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you so, haven't seen any of the other iconic sci-fi movies, you might enjoy this one. That's the truth. It's it's like it's such a weird blender movie, and from two people who are it's it's funny because like the first season of Westworld is great, second season of Westworld is business as usual, also great. Third season of Westworld, oh, uh oh. And then this movie, and I'm like, did they on drugs? Like, did it? Is that what's going on? Like, they started like, gotta be just melting their fucking brains, and like, <laughs> it's falling apart at the seams. I don't know what. I I feel like they might be in a feedback loop where neither one of them wants to criticize the other. And I'm like, <laughs> guys, gassing each other up. Like, yeah, well, this looks a little familiar, but no, this is good. We should just no one's gonna know this into it. Yeah. The worst thing is the is that that ending, like that ending where Hugh Jackman. Spoiler alert! Here we go. Ready? So Hugh uh-huh. Jackman at the end of this is like, I would rather keep reliving this one week of my life that was good than live further than this and he goes he's like put me in the tank like this is my life from now on until i die i'm just going to keep replaying this one week because he's a fucking loser obviously and then they do like a jump cut and you have Fandy newton talking to her daughter and like she's old now you see hugh jackman's old now he's been like aging in the weapon x tank this entire time and he's like pickling in the water and uh so she talks about she says she says the point of inception like she actually they tell the audience the thing which is he it's more like it's more important for him to stop his story in the middle and to be happy than it is to be in reality and that's the point of inception that's the whole thing he gets to the like Cobb gets to the end of inception and he's like this doesn't feel right is this fucking real he pulls the totem out he's like fuck and he spins the thing and he's watching it and then he hears his kids and he's like my kids and he's like oh my god and he runs over and he hugs them and then we pan down to the top and it's like, oh my God, it's still spinning. It's still spinning. And like right before maybe it falls, it does like a little wiggle and then it cuts to black and that's the end of the movie. And the point is what we have been shown is that Cobb doesn't give a fuck if it's real anymore because he loves his kids. He just wants to be with them. And they don't tell you one way or the other. This is what Reminiscence is like rehashing in the worst way. It's like a super fucking like, they're telling the audience exactly what's going on. There's no ambiguity about whether or not the life he's living is real. You could have done some shit in this 
where you said, wait, is this real? Or is this from before? Or what? Like, <clears throat> what if, what if, um, uh, sometimes I'm good at like thinking on the spot about things. I'm going to try this. Okay. So let me see if I can put this together. So what if, uh, you craft the story in such a way that, hmm, it would have to be something where there's like a detail and he would, like if you told the backstory out of sync, right? And you had something happen where it was a longer form relationship and maybe they fell out of touch for a period of time. Uh, and then you jump ahead in the timeline to where this mystery kicks off, right? And he talks about how they, like, they're like, was the last time you saw them when they fell out of touch? And he's like, no, no, we saw each other again. And uh, he was like, but, you know, shortly after that, that's when all of this kicked off. And you're like, oh, so like they were out of touch for a little while and everything. And then he's looking for her this entire time. He's looking for her, looking for her, looking for her. And then <clears throat> solves the mystery. And there's that one last thing is like, but what about her? And then you show her, like you show him reconnecting with her. It's like, oh my God, like they're, like he found her and now they're together and everything. But at the tail end of seeing them together again, the mystery starts again. And you realize, holy shit, like he never did find her. He went back in the tank and he's just reliving that short period of bliss before everything went south. Do that. So you yeah. get like kind of a thing where you're like, oh man, like that's that's awesome. And I understand what went on, but nobody looked directly into the camera and said, it's more important to be happy than to be real. You know, nobody did that to you. Nobody did that. Yeah. You get the same story, and that didn't happen. Yeah, maybe with the next X-Men movie, they'll uh, they'll figure it out. And uh, <laughs> I'll throw some Sentinels in there or something. That'd be nice. I, I could go for a Sentinel. They could have had Sentinels. They should have had Sentinels in this. Right? <clears throat> something. Anything. Anything besides everything else that we've already seen over the last... Should we put years. Sentinels in this? It's like we've—that would be too much. Like people will notice that. <laughs> we have Hugh Jackman. Let's not beat him over the head with it. <laughs> Let's not belabor a point or anything. Uh. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We I don't, don't know, man. Sell this or anything. It is a noir. We're trying to be subtle. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It, it, awkward, awkward movie. Heck Top yeah. to bottom. Super strange. Yeah. Cliff Curtis, who I always like, plays his part super over the top with this weird. He they when they show him, they introduce him as a dirty New Orleans cop, and then he's in Miami for the rest of the movie. Right? Plays it with like a like a maybe like a New York accent, a Jersey accent, <laughs> the entire time maybe there's a backstory there that explains why he has it but i'm like it's super weird and it's very over the top it's like a caricature of a dirty cop and 
Cliff Curtis is way better than that, but yeah. God, what a, a weird, weird one. It's a weird one. Hopefully, uh, next week, next week's outing will be better. I've already seen Shang Chi, and it's better. <laughs> <laughs> I have look the same the same problems I have with all the Marvel movies except maybe the Winter Soldier the same problems are there you know it's just yeah <clears throat> but we'll get into that next week <laughs> anyways uh, you guys made it this far thank you for listening uh, <laughs> you're welcome this was a good one. <laughs> one like a really good one. Just saying. Yeah, yeah, you know. There's a good talker, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And, do more bad movies. Yeah, for sure. That is the thing. That is the thing that we gotta focus in on. Which luckily it seems like it's just gonna that's all they're gonna make now. It's just bad, bad <laughs> yeah, movies. Right. That's the whole thing now. That's all they make. Movie, I guess. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, come back next week, Shang Chi. Uh, stick around for an extended couple of Easter eggs, non WT fodder related. I'm gonna give you guys a a possibly crappy Jeremy Renner song, followed by <clears throat> the best goddamn Norm Macdonald bit that has ever ever existed, and. Uh, that's that. But Fist, listen to this ad. This episode, you heard about the WT Fada collection growing, so I just want to once again formally invite you to check out that collection on my Redbubble store. You can go to ron-iii-art.redbubble.com Check out all of my work, but specifically the WT Fada collection, where you can get your hands on that sweet, sweet Heroes Don't Do That shirt. You know you want to. It's a great way to meet strangers. Not to be a Debbie Downer, but I'm going to be a Debbie Downer. I am so fucking sick of working on the show tonight. I've struggled through several posts that have, like, not scheduled on fucking Hootsuite. And I'm just letting you know, if you're trying to get your shit scheduled so that you don't have to worry about it while you're doing your day job, don't use Hootsuite. Because it's been fucking up nonstop recently on me. And tonight is the straw that broke the camel's back. So... With all that said, I'm not going to go hunting for a Jeremy Renner song to put on the end of this episode. You guys can check it out if you want to. It's super weird. It's like if um, Bon Jovi never stopped doing music and, like, got emo, you know? It's, it's uh, I don't know, maybe Bon Jovi's still doing music. I have no idea. I don't really, uh, I don't really think about him that much. But, uh, yeah, so it, it's super weird. So check that out if you want to. Um, however, I did already put, uh, my favorite Norm Macdonald bit, uh, coming up next. So, hope you enjoy it. Rest in peace, Norm. 
rest in peace Michael K. Williams, rest in peace my patience. Now listen, man, I like the news. You guys like the news? I always watch the news, and I'll tell you something about the news. I don't understand it, but it's for some reason I watch it. I don't even know why, but uh, I think I'm supposed to or something. So I'll watch it, and then the guy will come on, and he'll go, anyways, today the deficit. And I'll go, ah, I've heard that word. And the guy goes, today the Na Dow Jones NASDAQ Composite Index is uh, down. And then I go, ah, that's not good. <laughs> down. Up. I like when it's up. <laughs> that's my opinion on the... <laughs> Seems like there's too much news, like, you know, because now they have... 24-hour news. Now, when I was a young boy, the news was half a hour. That was the whole news, you know. And a guy would come on and he'd have a tie, you know, and shit, and he would say the news. And it was a half a hour long. Now, it's 24 hours long. Now, it turns out that back in the old days when it was only half a hour, they had it about right. That's about all the news there is. <laughs> Even then, there'd always be like a story, some fucking story at the end about a caribou or some horseshit. So there wasn't even enough to fill the half hour. But 24 hours, way too long. So they have to keep repeating stories all the time and everything, and uh, they'll make up stories, you know? They do that a lot, make up things that aren't really news stories, but they have to, you know, fill the 24 hours, you know? And the one I noticed that they make up a lot uh, this is the latest one I've seen. I see this all the time on the news. The newsman will come on and he'll go, he'll go, good evening, everybody. This is the newsman. Whatever he says, he's not going to say that. <laughs> and he goes, our top story tonight, a lady has vanished. <laughs> That's the story. And then he goes, let's go outside where there's another guy. So then they cut to outside. <laughs> And then there's a guy outside, and he's like, hey, listen, how's it going inside? <laughs> We're outside, and uh, we found out about this lady that vanished. Her name was Janice, and uh, they found her car here in the Taco Bell parking lot. And uh, don't worry about the car, it's fine. But uh, can't find hiding her hair of the lady. Well, back to you. <laughs> so, so then you're watching, you go, well, I don't give a fuck on account I never knew Janice in the first place. Matter of fact, I'm kind of happy it's Janice and not somebody I know. But then what they do is they start telling you about Janice, you know? And they go, hey, we got found out some cool things about Janice. And you're like, no, that's cool. I don't want to hear it. They go, no, no, you want to hear it. They can't help themselves, so they go, let's go back to Bill, he's, uh, he's uh, still outside, and uh, how's it going, Bill? And Bill's like, it's all right, it's no inside, but it's cool. And uh, anyways, we found out about Janice. Turns out, she's a good lady. And uh, we found some friends of hers, and here they are, and then sure enough, they show a lady, and it says, friend of Janice. And uh, she says, I'll tell you something about Janice. You wanna hear about Janice? 
Janice is a type of lady that you could always turn to. You know, you ever want to turn to somebody? Like if you got a problem or something, and you, you, know, you, know, you feel like you want to turn? <laughs> you ever do that? Or maybe your neck just hurts and you want to anyways. The point of it is that once you swiveled your head over this way, the person you'd most want to see in your eye line would be Janice. And then they have Jan another friend of Janice that wasn't the first one. And she'll go, I'll tell you, Janice, oh my God. She was the type of lady that she could walk into a room and light up the whole room, you know? And she didn't have a fucking light or nothing like that. She would just somehow, through sheer tyranny of will, she could somehow <laughs> illuminate a room. I don't know. And that'd be Janice's third friend lady that's not one of the earlier two. And then she goes, I'll tell you about Janice. Is that who you're asking me about, Janice? <laughs> Janice was the type of lady that you could be talking to your best friend in a whole world. And then Janice come in and you go, fuck you, I'm talking to Janice. Because <laughs> Janice is better than you. Come on, let's face it. She's better than all of us. So anyways, then you're at home and you start liking Janice, you know what I mean? You start getting invested in her, you go, God damn, that Janice is a cool lady. I would, I would like to meet her one day. That would be a lot of, fuck, I forgot she vanished. <laughs> ah, just my luck. <laughs> They'll find her. <laughs> then you get hope. That's not good. I don't give a fuck what Obama says. Hope is never good. <laughs> don't try it. It never works out. So you go, you go, oh man, they'll find Janice. They're putting pictures up of her on telephone poles. I think that had worked once. And, <laughs> and then the news keeps showing you more things about Janice, you know? And they'll show you like the video, home videos of her. You're like, God damn, look at that. She's eating a pizza. I like her hair like that. <laughs> They'll find her. And then you become obsessed with Janice. It's all you can think of, you know? You're at work, fucking just can't wait to get home agonizing over Janice, you know, thinking about her with eating pizza and shit. And then you go home and your nights are just a fevered dreams of, you know, Janice and bangs and shit like that. And, and you, all you can do is turn on the TV and hope and, you know, and then one day, you know, they go, hey, more news on Janice. Here's the Bill. He's still outside. And then Bill is like outside and he's like, here we are. Uh, where, as you can see behind me, they are scouring the woods. They're still searching for Janice, you know. And then you go, oh, fuck, not the woods. You know, that's not... <laughs> Nothing good ever happens in the woods. <laughs> I've seen enough of these fucking stories to know that Janice ain't coming bounding out of the woods anytime soon. That's it. She's like, hey, what's going on, everybody? I, I'm just taking a stroll through the woods. What are you taking my picture for? I was just, just I just take a stroll through the scraggly woods. No, if they find you in the woods, they always find you in the same place. Every time, they will find you in a uh, shallow grave.
I don't know why they don't just look there in the first place. But... That's... If I was the police chief, I'd go, listen, I want every shallow grave in the vicinity checked out. I want to clear out this case by Tuesday on account of I'm running for DA or whatever. But uh, doesn't shallow grave seem a mite rash? You know, like these serial killers are supposed to be so shrewd and cunning and everything, you know? At least according to the TV movies I've seen. And, uh, but then when it comes time for the grave, they get a little hasty, you know? They're like, there you go, three twigs and a leaf. That ought to do it. That doesn't look like Janice anymore. I don't recall Janice ever wearing three leaves and a twig. Oh, well. I guess I'll go home and await the authorities now. <laughs> you gotta prepare these things, you know? You gotta be a little smarter than that. You know, what I would do, and I would never, ever kill a lady in cold blood. <laughs> I wouldn't. I know I say that now, I don't really know. I, don't, I can't predict the future, but I don't believe. I, I know there's no river long enough doesn't contain a bend, but I believe that right now, and it might just be vanity, I don't think I would, uh, I would kill a woman in cold blood. But if I did, I would plan it out very carefully, you know, because there's a lot at stake. You know, you think about it, you probably, you know, probably lose your job. I don't know what happens. That's a blemish on the old CV, you know. Even in today's enlightened society, there remains a stigma to being a uh, psychosexual sadist. <laughs> but uh, what I would do is I would like I would look at the lady, I would select a lady, and then I would follow her habits. You understand what I'm saying? Like I would watch her very carefully, you know. I go, hey, I notice that every day she goes to that cheese sandwich shop. And then she comes out with a little paper bag. I'll bet you anything there's a cheese sandwiches in there. You know? So I keep that in my head, you understand? Then I'd say, hey, I notice every Wednesday evening she goes with her other lady friends and they go down to the YWCA and they play basketball with each other, which is fine nowadays. Yeah? So what I would do is on Wednesday, I would go down to the YWCA, and what would I be uh, holding in my right hand in the parking lot but a cheese sandwich? <laughs> so then she would eventually come out of the YWCA, you know, all sweaty with her, uh, you know, her ridiculous three-colored ball and everything there, you know? And I'd be standing there. And then she'd go, hey, what's in your right hand? And I'd go, nothing. I'd be coy, you know? And she'd go, she'd go, there's something in your right hand. I'd go, listen, lady, who knows more about what's in their right hand? You or me? i believe, oh, this. Now, this is just a cheese sandwich. Why, you like it or something? What's... I got a whole fucking van full of them over there. Right over there. Yeah, the, that craziest looking fucking van you ever saw? That's filled with cheese sandwiches. 
You don't have to have cheese sandwiches in the van, by the way. If you're... Uh, unless you want to be known for your detailed work, it's not, it's not really necessary. Then I would get the lady in the van and I would drive her to a remote area, an area most known for its remoteness. That's what I would look for. And anyways, I'd take her to the remote area where I had constructed a shed and then I would get her in there and I would do that thing that makes me feel like God. And, uh, and then her screams would just bounce off the walls and echo out into nowhere and never touch the ear of civilized man again. And then I would take her body to the woods and bury her in a very, very, very deep grave. <laughs> 